Welcome to the podcast of The Open Door, Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Each week we are releasing um, either the sermon from our Sunday worship gathering that uh, right now is happening on Zoom every week, and anybody and everybody is welcome to join um, us on our weekly uh, Zoom worship gathering. Uh, you can find info on that at our website, pghopendoor.net. Uh, sometimes we release a podcast that is an interview, as we did last week with one of our mission partners. And sometimes we do a prayer, uh, guided prayer uh, meditation, some sort of contemplative prayer. So you never know what you're going to get. This week it is a sermon on the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 14 through 20 and also James chapter 1 verses 22 through 26. So here we go. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending the nets. Immediately he called to them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. And then James chapter 1, 22 through 26 says, But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if you are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Over the past four years, so many people of faith have felt alienated from their faith communities. So many people have felt that they could not remain a part of a Christian faith that didn't stand up for the poor, the hurting, the immigrant, the marginalized, and all the goodness of God's creation. And so people left the church. So many people realized that they were a part of something they just didn't connect with anymore. 
It wasn't what they had signed up for. The Open Door, our church, has inspired me, though. I think we've inspired one another to continue on this long journey, even though we feel like outsiders with the big C church in America right now. We don't feel like outsiders with one another. This week has felt like a celebration to me, finally, a celebration that maybe, maybe the tide is turning. The Open Door Church has never been focused on establishing an institution or creating a place to go on Sundays that would get bigger and bigger and bigger. We're not a church that wants to invite people to go to a a new church or come to what we have to offer. We want to invite people into a journey. There are so many churches like the Open Door out there. But sometimes it's hard to see them when there are so many more that seem so focused on growth, power, and numbers. We call ourselves followers of Jesus, maybe because Christian, as a term, seems static to many of us. It seems institutional. We invite people to follow in the way of Jesus. In the early days of the church, we decentralized our worship gatherings and focused on house gatherings, eating in one another's homes, praying with one another in the streets, prayer walking, um, serving the community in many different ways. This missional focus led us to eventually start Garfield Community Farm. The farm was birthed out of this kind of missional thinking that the church exists to be a blessing to the community. When we started the open door and the farm, we were rethinking, reimagining what it meant to be church. The world was changing, and we believed we had an opportunity to follow Jesus in new ways, ways that maybe overstructured churches couldn't respond to quite as quickly. And today, the world is changing again. The world has changed so quickly um, just over the past few months, few weeks, even over the past few days. And it will continue to change in ways that can never be undone. We will never go back to, quote, normal. And you and I have changed, too. Um... As a church, our youthful energy of 10 or 15 years ago has been coalesced into many children. It's been coalesced into many exciting endeavors and uh, jobs, careers. A lot of us are in the Pittsburgh area still, and some of us are around the world in other parts of of this country and, and the world. Some of those early entrepreneurs are serving as missionaries Uh, people who were sent out from our church to go and work in NGOs or in um, educational mission work, or or, uh, some have gone on to be doctors, nurses in other countries. 
Some are running creative businesses. Some are teaching in universities. A lot of teachers in universities, people who were students when we started the church, are now the ones doing the education work. The formation that has happened through this little church called The Open Door has been pretty incredible. But our mission as a church today needs to be different than it was five, 10, 15 years ago. We are so important to each other as individuals, and our community is so important to those who call it home, our, our faith community. We love each other, and we desire to serve God by serving the world. But I think it's time to think about our mission or our purpose as a church moving into the next portion of this journey, this journey of following in the way of Jesus as a community. It's time to rethink. Not because we've done anything wrong, but because that's what we do as the church. We continually look at our culture, look at our neighborhood, look at our lives, look at the lives of our neighbors, and the church responds is never static. The idea of a static church, a church that does not respond to change, allow God to constantly mold it, is a church that either doesn't exist for long because it just becomes irrelevant or becomes focused on only growth and therefore power. Why do churches want to grow so much beyond you know, a healthy number of followers of Jesus. Why are there mega churches? Uh, maybe there are some good things about mega churches you could come at, come back at me with. But my thinking is that a lot of the churches so focused on being massive numbers of people are so focused on power, so focused on getting big so that they might have prestige and power in our culture. I don't think that's what the church is about. So how do we center ourselves on our church and our church in way in a way that we can be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit in times like these, in times of great cultural transition? For the open door, we focused on following the way of Jesus, quite simply. So I'm going to pull out three principles from these two passages that I read that can help us follow Jesus in these changing times. Now, I'll I'll say when I say principles, I don't mean that they are the principles. They are simply three that I'm seeing here in these two passages. I'm sure we could find many, many more, and we will. The way of Jesus is about an active journey. The first followers of Jesus were ready for that journey. They were ready for change in their lives. They were willing to respond to Jesus' call. When Jesus said, come, follow me, they were able to drop their nets and follow. They opened their hands, dropped their nets, and followed Jesus. This first principle that I recognize from this gospel passage is the principle of open-handed living. Are there things, lifestyles, comforts, absolutes that you hold on to so tightly that you just can't let go of, you don't want to let go of? 
And when Jesus calls you, you're too tethered to things in your life that keep you from following fully after Jesus. Now, this might look like being open to big changes and big callings in our lives, and we're not able to to follow that those couple of times in our lives when we make big decisions. But they can also be little things, little ways of letting go, of living with open hands, not grasping anything too tightly, and also being able to accept the new. It can, it can mean being open to letting go of some of the things that might have defined our life together as a church so that we can accept a new blessing from God. So there are things in our personal lives that we want to let go of, and there are new things that we want to accept, and there are definitely things in our life as a church that we want to let go of and new things that we want to be able to accept. For instance, when we welcome in a new co-pastor to work with me, I can assure you one thing. It will not be B.J. Woodworth, our founding pastor, who we all love. I'm sure some of us are really hoping we find someone just like B.J., though, right? I mean, that's probably what uh, some of us are thinking. I've thought that. Let's find somebody who has the skills of B.J., because... He and I worked really well together. How about the hospitality of Katrina Woodworth and BJ? Or BJ's preaching and teaching skills. We need to find somebody with those skills. We will not find that person. But we will find someone who God has created, gifted, to lead us into a new journey, on a brand new path that will help us be faithful in this new and different world we're living in. Not only is our church in a time of upheaval and change, but our world is too. And I hope that we are able to live fully with open hands to accept the new direction of the church. I can assure you there's no one who will need to practice this more than me. I only hope that I can practice what I'm preaching here. This open handed living, this ability to let go and accept the new. So the first principle that I recognize from this gospel passage is the principle of open-handed living. James says we must be doers of the word and not just hearers of it. I think the um, gospel passage represents that really well. Um with uh, the, the first disciples who let go of their nets. They were ready to do something. I think James was responding to Paul's theology of salvation through grace, by faith, and not by works. James provides kind of a balance to that, a little bit of a correction, saying that faith without works, though, is dead. Jesus preached, told stories, parables, taught the scriptures to many, many hundreds of people in Galilee and throughout, throughout the region into Jerusalem. There were many hearers of Jesus' word. There were many blessed by hearing from Jesus, hearing him preach. And there were a few doers, a few true followers of the way of Jesus, those who had those open hands, let go 
and followed in Jesus's literal footsteps. Those first disciples demonstrated how to be the church to the earliest Christians after Jesus's life. Those early Christians did not call themselves Christians yet, but instead called themselves followers of the way. The example of the disciples carried into the early church. It was all about action in hearing, not just passivity. So back in those early days of the open door church, we developed five communal and spiritual practices to guide our action as followers of Jesus. Over the next six weeks or so on the podcast and in our worship, we will be reimagining those practices. We'll be reconnecting with them. We'll be maybe recalculating them for us here today during a global pandemic, during political unrest and shifts and transitions, during the realization of uh, ecological collapse all around the world and finally maybe responding to it in serious and effective ways. We'll be deep diving back into how practicing our faith can help us be true followers of Jesus. So the second principle that I see as core to the next portion of this journey might be called faithful action. Uh, James goes on to say in the passage we read, James says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress. The faithful church is about faithful action. James goes on, though, and this next part of the verse from James is important. It's a little tough for me, though, to wrap my mind fully around it. It says we are to remain undefiled by the world. What does that mean? What does James even mean by, quote, the world? As a 16-year-old youth group, um, we focused in on James a lot. And I was uh, really formed um, in my middle school and uh, high school years. As a 16-year-old, we focused on um, on this verse. And our leaders, they, they, they thought that it meant not looking at girls at youth group for more than a glance, right? Uh, and that didn't go so well for me. Uh, you can ask my wife about it, who I met um, in high school at youth group. <laughs> uh, today, we can come at this passage with a lot more knowledge of what happens to the church when it is defiled by the world. I, I, it, it means something different to me today than it did when I was 16. We've seen some sects of American Christianity largely lose its gospel, its good news, because of its quest for political power. I think that is what it means to be defiled by the world. This kind of thing has happened over and over again to churches throughout history. They've become entwined with political power. Those who want to see the gospel flourish 
forget that worldly politics and power can defile the purity of the gospel. But I think this has ramifications for us, too, even as a small church, for any small church, for any small community of followers of Jesus. The church is always a countercultural movement within a larger culture. In faithfulness, we are always looking to transform that culture toward greater justice, freedom, peace, etc., toward the upside-down kingdom that Jesus teaches about. But the church never becomes one with the culture. The faithful church never becomes one with the culture. Maybe the third principle for faithfully following Jesus is a commitment to culture transformation. When we see a culture lifting up the lowly and giving opportunity to those who are oppressed, feeding the hungry, caring for the the orphaned and the widow, all of those things that the gospel tells us uh, to seek after, we can celebrate the gospel, that it has not been defiled by the culture, but that Christ is at work in the culture, that the church is at work in changing the culture. Sure, the culture changes the church, the, the church responds, not from a desire to gain more power, but from a desire to be most effective change makers. The church changes and responds to culture, but it is so that we might bring change to the culture, not to seek power. Following Jesus in this world is always a challenge, but it is a beautiful challenge that calls us to continue to step forward on a journey. I'm like many of you. I love God's creation. I mean, you all know that about me. I love the experience of wilderness. I experience God through nature. I love hiking and backpacking. From the time I was a child, a trail leading into a forest could not be left unexplored. I'm actually like that still. As a child from the road in my dad's Ford Ranger pickup truck, I remember seeing the Appalachian Trail crossing Skyline Drive in Shenandoah National Park. The trail called my name. What was back in those woods? What creatures lived there? How tall did the trees get? What would happen if we left the car, left the road, and ventured into the wilderness? One of those trips, I told my dad I wanted to hike and camp in the woods. I wanted to go backpacking. His response was, I'll hike with you, sure, but I am never going to sleep in the woods. A few months later, we were fully outfitted and ready for our first multi-day backpacking trip. This journey that we are on to follow in the way of Jesus can be like stepping off the paved road into a trail, onto a trail that leads to an exciting but hard and sometimes dangerous unknown. I'm going to pick up here next week. What is that dangerous, hard, but exciting and beautiful unknown? For now, I think the most important thing that we can be about as the church and as followers of Jesus is to look for ways to love our neighbors. 
Look for ways to get out of our comfort zones and serve those who are in need because so many are in need. We can serve our literal neighbors, like right across the street. People are suffering right now. Next door neighbors, people in our neighborhoods. There's a lot. There's a lot that's overwhelming. But it's a journey for us. One step at a time, serving, loving in the way of Jesus. If you're committed to culture transformation, committed to faithful action for those in need, committed to living with open hands in times of change, we have nothing to worry about. God will be faithful to us as we are faithful to God's mission in the world. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope it was a blessing to you. I know that these um, very much are about the open door, and I think they can be really good for just about anybody, I hope. At least that's the goal, even though we might talk about this one small church. If you're not a part of the open door, um, kind of in a traditional way, if you haven't been um, a part of the church for long, I think that these... uh, these messages on the practices of our faith over the next six to eight weeks um, will still be really, uh, really great for you to be able to live into and, um, and learn from. Music for our podcast is by our band This Side of Eve. You can check out our music at uh, thissideofeve.com. We just released a new album and it's called More to Come and it is now available everywhere that you would stream music so spotify apple music whatever it may be so go check it out this side of the youtube